0: Well, speaking of children, today is the last in our series on lessons from children's books, uh, at least for the time being. Now, this series has been so well received, and you have given me so many suggestions of books to read that uh, I think we'll have to do a part two sometime in the future. But for today, for today we're going to end the series with a quick look at three different books written by persons here at Resurrection Church. And the first book, uh, which you can find in the library after I put it back, will be Dragonfly Baby uh, by Kara Gertis. And uh, we have a little video. I'll let her, uh, by way of video, explain her reason for writing this little children's book.
1: Hi, my name is Kara Gertis. I'm a member here at ResUMC. Most of you who know me go to the 10 o'clock service where I help lead worship. So for those of you that go to the eight o'clock service, hi, I'm Kara. My family and I moved here about three years ago. So we're still getting to know the area and the people. Uh, My husband, Paul, and I have a son, Mark, who's 12 and a daughter, Tenley, who is seven. And most people don't know that we have another daughter though, Lindsay, who would have been nine this year. And I say would have been because she passed away when she was just 10 days old. Um, She had a genetic disorder. And as you can imagine, it was a really tough time for our family. And when I go through tough times and have high emotion, I feel that I can cope best in creative outlets. And I did that this time by writing. I wrote a ton after Lindsay's passing and from that writing came a story. And the story is called Dragonfly Baby. It's a children's book that I just published. Took me a long time to write it. Um, But it's out now, and I did it in memory of Lindsay. Uh, It's a story about a little girl and her dragonfly friend, and she wonders where the dragonfly goes at night when she's sleeping because she doesn't see the dragonfly. The story is also a metaphor, though, for our loved ones who pass on before us, how they watch over us even when we don't know that they're there and how we wait to see them again. My intention with writing this book was a healing process, obviously, but I was hoping to get it into the hands of others who are in similar situations as a source of comfort to let them know that they're not alone and we will see our loved ones again. Most especially, I wanted this for children because our son was only two at the time Lindsay passed and it was an extremely confusing time for him and i wish that there had been more books around at the time like dragonfly baby that could spark a conversation and help him to understand what was going on so there is a copy of dragonfly baby in the church library and I would love it if, if people asked me about it. I love talking about it and obviously love talking about Lindsay. Um, so that's Dragonfly Baby. Thank you for letting me share this with you.
0: Let me just share a few of the, few of the pages out of the book Dragonfly Baby. Where do you go when the daylight fades and the summer heat slowly begins to wane? Do you fly to a magic place to rest your sleepy wings? Or do you flit on through the night, waiting for the sun's rays to come and greet you once again? Do you know I miss you so, wherever it is you fly? Wherever it is you go, I will wait to see you once again. To dance with you, laugh with you, play with you. Creature of wonder, my forever friend. Kara's loss moved her to write this book, to honor the memory of her daughter Lindsay and to encourage others who face such losses. Behind the book is the fundamental trust that we have in Christ that he has overcome death and has made it possible for life beyond death and a reunion with those we love as Jesus told his friends on the night before he died he said do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Kara, what a beautiful way. To share your story and hope that we have as Christians. It's Dragonfly Baby. The second book that we're going to look at today is one that I came across when I was searching my own bookshelves uh, for children's books. And its title is Tommy the Little Bear. And I had uh, forgotten about this book a long time ago. You see, it's a book that I wrote in seventh grade. And it tells the story of a bear who wanders away and gets lost. And uh, I assume that, uh, that I wrote this for a class project or something. Um, otherwise, I, I don't know. But here's uh, some excerpts from Tommy the Little Bear. One day, Tommy said to his mother, I'm going to see the world. All right, said his mother, but don't go too far. Okay, said Tommy, and he set out. At first, it was fun. He could run and jump and do anything he wanted to. In fact, he was having so much fun, he forgot what his mother said about going too far, and he went deep into the forest. The bear gets lost, and... Tommy panics and he starts to run and he dashes blindly into the woods. Eventually, he trips and falls, hurts himself, and breaks down into tears. But uh, he encounters a, a friend, a little mouse, who helps lead Tommy back home where he's welcomed by his worried mother. Tommy's mother was so happy to see them, she kissed him and the mouse. Tommy was starved, so they ate. After they were done, Tommy said, I'm so happy to be home, I will never leave again. And he never did. The end. (laughs) Now, like I said, I don't know what what caused me to write that i assume we had to write a book for class um but in looking back i can't help but think that i was inspired by a bible story about a lost child who wandered away from home wanted to do his own thing but then was joyously welcomed back by his parent with a big feast you know the story it's called the prodigal son Like Tommy, the son enjoyed doing his own thing, so he asked for his share of the inheritance early. And then he went far away, and he blew it all in wild living. Eventually, he's so hungry that he takes a job feeding pigs, and he wants to eat the pig slop, but he doesn't even have that to eat. Nobody gave him anything. The story's in Luke 15. and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, "Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servants, "Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate." For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Did you ever run away from home as a child? I don't think, uh, I, don't think I ever did. I got in my share of trouble, but uh, the call of dinner was always too strong. <laughs> my parents were great cooks, and, and I had a big appetite, so why... When I leave home. But I do remember my middle son, Cory, running away. He got mad at me for some reason and declared me the worst dad in the whole world. <laughs> and that he was leaving. And then he marched out the door and he started walking down the street. It was dark there. The street was dangerous. So I followed him. And Every block or so, he'd turn around to look to see if I was still behind him, and then he would pick up the pace. (laughs) And he was a quick little bugger, but But eventually he began to slow up, and and I gained ground. And we'd gone a good long way when finally he stopped and turned around, and I reached him, and I hugged him. And I just said, should we go home? And he nodded yes. And like the prodigal son, he, he learned that there was nothing he could do to stop me from running after him because I loved him that much. Now, it would make a, a really neat ending to the story if, if Corey and I had celebrated with a big feast, maybe a huge bowl of ice cream or something, but to be honest, I don't even remember what we did when we got home. I just remember this overwhelming sense of joy that we are together again. And that's the same joy that God experiences when the lost are found, when we give up thinking that doing whatever we want is the key to happiness. And when we return home, just like the prodigal son or just like Tommy, the little bear, and when I uh, first reread this book, I was kind of disappointed with the ending. Uh, it says he never left home again. And I thought, that's a terrible lesson for a children's book. Uh, one day, Tommy would need to grow up and move out of his parents' cave <laughs> and learn to function as an adult. I mean, we aren't made to stay at home forever. Well, that's true with our earthly home, but, but really not so much so with our heavenly home. As we, we heard earlier from the scripture, that we have a home promised by Jesus, and one day he'll take us back home to be with him forever. To be with him and our moms and our dads and our children and our friends, forever united with the Lord. And that Jesus pursues us through all of life, never crushing our free will, but, but also never leaving us all on our own. He will not leave us alone as orphans, but he will follow us, always ready to forgive, to welcome us back home so we can be with him forever. So I guess when you think about uh, Tommy is an allegory for for God, a a bare version of the prodigal son. The ending's not so bad. Reunited forever with a parent who loves us. Now, the final book is not a picture book. The final book that we'll look at is My Life by Eleanor Tinjum Librand. And it says it's written especially for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but also for our children and our siblings. Eleanor grew up in Eulin in uh, northwestern Minnesota. It's uh, not far from the White Earth Indian Reservation, a little bit past uh, uh, Detroit Lakes. And she writes in her book of... Immigrations from Norway of sod houses and ox carts and, and later her birth, almost 100 years ago now, and childhood during the Great Depression. It's kind of like her own version of Little House on the Prairie. And I was tickled how she shares with the grandchildren that when she started confirmation at the Atlanta Lutheran Church that she had to walk there. She writes, we lived three and a half miles from church. I would walk there on a Saturday morning, stopping to pick up Ethel Hansen, who lived a mile from us. If she didn't go, I would memorize the lesson for the next week. It made the walk go faster. Now, how many of you walked three and a half miles to church? Didn't think so. But she did. She also writes, Religion played an important part in our lives. How could one go through such tough times if you didn't have faith? This book is part of testimony to Eleanor's faith. But it includes all those little everyday pieces of life that she experienced. One story that that caught my eye was the story of a homemade kite. One spring, Dad helped us make a large kite... We used lathes. We covered them with brown wrapping paper and gave it a long tail by tying rags together. The string was binder twine. It was heavy, but we got it flying. We tied it to a fence post, and it flew all day. Can you visualize it against the bright blue March sky? I can. What a gift that Eleanor has left her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, the story of her life, a life of faith and family and flying kites. But you know, all of us have a story. Sometimes we think that we have to be great writers or illustrators to have anything worthwhile to share. But just sharing our lives, especially the impact that Jesus has had in our lives, well, that's all you need. That's all you need, and every one of us has a story. One of the Bible stories that often catches children's ears is the story of the herd of pigs that plunges off of the cliff there after Jesus heals the the demon-possessed man in Gerasene. When the man is restored to his senses, he wants to leave home and sail off with Jesus. But Jesus says what he needs to do is to go back to his own home, and tell the story of what God has done in his life. It's in Luke chapter 8. When those who tended the pigs saw what had happened, they ran away and told the story in the city and in the countryside. People came to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man whom the demons had from whom the demons had gone. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully dressed and completely sane. They were filled with awe. Those people who had actually seen what had happened told them how the demon-possessed man had been delivered. Then everyone gathered from the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave their area because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and returned across the lake. The man from whom the demons had gone begged to come along with Jesus as one of his disciples. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell the story of what God has done for you. So he went throughout the city proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. The man had a story to tell, and Jesus sends him home to tell it. We all have a story to tell. It may be a story of hope and encouragement, like Kara's story of Dragonfly Baby. It might be a story about being welcomed home like Tommy the little bear or like Eleanor's my life, it may simply be the story of your life and a witness to how faith has helped you to persevere and go through the tough times. You have a story to tell and so tell it. Tell the story of what God has done for you. You don't have to to be able to create great illustrations. Uh, You can see from uh, Tommy the Little Bear why I went into uh, preaching rather than illustrating. (laughs) You do see, though, a a few of the themes uh, show up in this book, like uh, the theme of eating. First thing Tommy does is is he, he eats. That makes its way into a lot of my sermons. In fact, starting next week, the uh, Advent series this year um, is going to look at some of my favorite Christmas candies. So uh, just a little uh, preview of what's coming. But for today, remember you have a story to tell. You might be gathering with, with family at Thanksgiving. Share a part of your story. Maybe you're, you're going to be here and there'll be people around the table you don't even know. Share your story. Tell the story of what God has done in your life. It doesn't have to be great literature. It doesn't have to be illustrated. Just share what God has done for you. And that is enough. Let us pray. God, we are so grateful for what you've done in our lives. We are coming up on Thanksgiving and there's all of the turkey and trimmings and maybe a trip to uh, some friends or family, but but Lord, every single day you are there with us. You never leave us. Even when we run away, even when we want nothing to do with you, when we're mad, when we're upset, you're still there, still pursuing us, still reaching out your arms welcoming us home. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do for us. And thank you for the people who have shared their stories with us, who have reminded us to look to you. We pray this in your blessed name. Amen.